For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order there's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the sunshine state or any other destination on your fishing bucket list book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids with over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. From Mediator's World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Weekend Review, presented by Steel. Steel products are available only at authorized dealers. For more, go to steeldealers.com. Now, here's your host, Ryan Cal Callahan. A mother and her children out for a Sunday walk near Englemont, British Columbia, found roughly 80 severed bear paws belonging to 20 to 25 bears on the road, which, if you're doing the math, means some paws were not matching up. It's not that some BC bears don't have four paws. Some of the paws were skinned, some partially skinned, some declawed, and it appeared that the paws came from all ages of bears, including cubs. It is illegal to sell bear parts in Canada. Regardless, the thought is these paws were headed for the international wildlife market. Bear paws are very tasty and considered a delicacy. According to the Global News, the Little Shoe Swap Lake Band, the Nesconleth Indian Band, and the Adams Lake Band are offering a $3,000 reward to anyone with information that leads to the conviction of those responsible. In 2011, a man was stopped at the Vancouver airport attempting to transport three bear paws from two different bears to China. He faced a maximum penalty of a $250,000 fine and six months in jail. When you consider the bounty of $3,000 for turning somebody in and the penalty these people are up against, it's easy to see this is a high-stakes game. Which, if you think three bear paws going to China is bad, listen to this. Quebec's Vanessa Rondo, owner of the Old Cavern Boutique, was charged last week after allegedly attempting to cross the U.S. border while in possession of, quote, numerous undeclared wildlife items. The items included 18 crocodile skulls, 7 crocodile feet, as well as a three-toed sloth. 
Both the crocodiles and the three-toed sloth are protected species under the U.S. Endangered Species Act. Additionally, she had in her possession 12 horseshoe crabs, 30 sea stars, 23 raccoon feet, 8 African antelope horns, 1 human skull with mounted butterflies, 4 puffer fish, and 6 shark jaws. But that's not all. Rondo had been shipping to the U.S. bird skulls, polar bear skulls, a weasel, a bat, and the hide of a protected Hartman zebra. Some of these packages were sent directly to willing buyers that happened to be agents for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Rondo's bail is set at $50,000. The breadth of what Rondo has been selling human head, with mounted butterflies, African antelope horns, shark jaws, 23 raccoon feet, polar bear skulls, for the low price of 700 by the way, just goes to show you there is a market out there for everything. Shops like the old cavern boutique wouldn't exist without willing buyers. So please keep that in mind the next time you're looking for, you know, keychain dongles and interesting things to put on your shelves in your VRBO when you're shopping on Etsy. This week, we've got bears, corrections, crime, and so much more. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. And my week, as well as this podcast, is brought to you by Steel Power Equipment. I am actually going to tell you about what I am going to do this coming Saturday, which is marry my little sister. Not like that, you strange people. I just got my paperwork, and I am an officially ordained minister. I'll be conducting the ceremony. The license cost me a little over 50 bucks, and I'm going to do this first one pro bono. So, you know, what I'm saying is, if you're looking to get hitched in the state of Montana, let me know. I'd like to recoup my costs on this first one. Marriage is what brings us together today. Also, I suppose I should say congratulations, baby sister. You were a champion 4-H chicken show person, graduated from college, became a cop. Now you're married. I love you. I can't wait to see what you do next. The other fun thing I have going on is I'm getting ready for another spearfishing trip, this time to California, taking the opportunity to restore the first spear gun I ever got, which is a Rife Euro that I got from a real serious spear fisherman buddy of mine, Mark Healy. I do not believe the ultra-dry Montana weather treated the teak of the gun too well, so I stripped it all down, epoxied the cracks, and got it looking pretty again. There are a bunch of different kinds of guns out there. I'm sure a lot of them are great, but I like these wood ones. They have character, and the Rife motto is, Fish for the Future which I like. Couple of quick updates. Remember when we talked about blowing up carcasses with explosives, then we talked about whales? Well, a listener wrote in with a great YouTube link called From the Archives, The Exploding Whale of Florence, Oregon. Definitely worth the watch. Only spoiler I'm going to give you, admittedly my favorite part, a chunk of whale lands on a guy's brand new car. The car dealership advertises with the slogan, A whale of a deal. And speaking of whales, fishermen in Yemen found a dead, bloated, floating sperm whale, drug it to shore, cut it open, and harvested the ambergris out of its intestine. 
remember, ambergris is whale vomit. That same whale vomit that you spray on yourself if you have really fancy perfume or cologne. The ambergris is speculated to be a protective mucous membrane that develops around all the hard, indigestible parts of cephalopods, octopus, and squid. Their little beaks and sucker teeth and whatnot. That stinky substance holds the smell of like your flowers and whatever else cologne is supposed to smell like. These destitute Yemeni fishermen were able to find a buyer and sell their whale vomit for $1.5 million. Next up, illegal possession of wildlife was not defined properly by yours truly. In the state of Montana, possession of wildlife does not start when it is in physical possession. Possession starts when that animal has been taken away from the public. So illegal possession of wildlife could be as soon as a bullet or arrow takes the animal's life, or let's say you somehow manage to fence or corral an animal in a way that prevents the animal from returning to the wild, but you aren't in physical possession of it technically, that would also count as illegal possession of wildlife. Next correction. Netflix and chelation therapy is much better sounding than Netflix and chelation therapy. But for the record, C-H-E-L is pronounced like key when you're saying chelation therapy, which is C-H-E-L-A-T-I-O-N. Remember, that is the therapy that you go through to remove heavy metals out of your bloodstream. Moving on to the crime desk. The long arm of the Lacey Act recently squeezed Florida Keys angler Henry Danzig, who was caught last May by the U.S. Coast Guard, returning from K. Sal Bank in Bahamian waters with 500 pounds of fish in his boat and zero Bahamas fishing permits. Relax, this is not Glenn Danzig, the crooner and frontman of the metal band Danzig. However, Henry could have been crying, Mother! had he not cut a sweet deal. The 56-year-old was known for stocking a fridge open to the local community with fish and for selling low-priced seafood meals at a diner he co-owns. Unfortunately, selling wild-caught fish without a commercial license is illegal no matter how little you charge for them at the diner. Danzig pled guilty to violations of the Lacey Act and taking fish without proper Bahamas documents. In his plea deal, Danzig offered to buy the Bahamas a 30-foot, $200,000 contender tournament fishing boat to be used by the Bahamanian Coast Guard to track down folks just like Danzig, who was fishing illegally in just this kind of boat. In light of this kind of offer, and taking into account his generosity with local hungry people, Danzig is getting off with no jail time and a year of probation. The Kaysal Bank area where Danzig was caught is notorious for illegal fishing activities and Cuban refugees. Although Kaysal Bank is in waters belonging to the Bahamas, it would actually take only a third of the time to get to Cuba as it would inhabited dry land on the Bahamas. According to a report by the Bahamas Lobsters Fisheries Improvement Project, of the 12.5 million lobsters harvested from Bahamanian waters, 35%, or 4.3 million lobsters, are taken by poachers. Similar poaching affects populations of conch, grouper, snapper, and other fin fish like the species Danzig was caught with. Moving on to the Pacific Northwest. Animals are not the only living things being poached these days. 
The cost of lumber and firewood has more than quintupled in the past year, and that has led to a rash of tree poaching in the forests of central Vancouver Island. At least 100 dug fir, cedars, and maples have been cut down in North Cowichan's 12,000-acre municipal forest reserve since January, and many more have been taken from private land surrounding the reserve. Some of the poachers have attempted to hide evidence of their crimes by covering stumps with moss and dirt, but at least one thief thumbed his or her nose at authorities by carving a face into a tree stump that looks oddly enough like a very ticked-off Lorax. You remember the Dr. Seuss character. I am the Lorax who speaks for the trees, which you seem to be chopping as fast as you please. That guy. This story is a bigger deal than just a few pretty trees going missing. Doug fir in particular are a keystone species for this particular forest ecosystem that's still recovering from decades of intensive logging. It's an ecosystem made more vulnerable by the dry debris that is built up on the forest floor due to suppression of natural forest fires. This makes high-intensity forest fires more likely, especially given the drought conditions in the area over the last several years. One missing dug fir can cause some havoc, as the hole in the canopy allows full sunlight to reach the forest floor, causing invasives like English ivy, scotch broom, Himalayan blackberry, and Eurasian spurge laurel to choke out native flora that aren't adapted to the sudden exposure. These trees are also host to thousands of animal species. At the small end of the scale, there are around 400 kinds of insect living in the Vancouver forest canopy, 100 of which are found nowhere else in the world. 50 of those insect species were unknown to science until the 90s. At the other end of the animal size scale, dug fir are the tree of choice for bald eagles, who need particularly stout branches to hold their nests, which can weigh up to one metric ton. And at the largest scale, these forests are essential for the climate of the entire Vancouver area. The dense trees on the mountains of Vancouver Island and the Olympic Peninsula create a, quote, rain shadow that shields the region from incoming weather. That creates the dry, mild conditions that makes Vancouver a place you can get a suntan while Seattle stays saturated with rain. Responsible timber harvest is a science. Forestry is a science. It is possible to take timber from the landscape and create a benefit to the landscape while we enjoy the benefits of the natural resource. You can harvest and mill your own timber. I think that is very cool, in fact. Just do it in the appropriate places. If you do not own and know how to responsibly operate a steel, electric, or gas-powered chainsaw, and, like many of us, are timber purchasers instead of harvesters, be sure you know where your timber is coming from. Remember what the Lorax says. Unless someone Someone like like you you cares cares a whole whole awful awful lot. lot, Nothing is going to get better. It's not. For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam Motor Treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, 
Seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who has used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. I guarantee you've listened to them because I use it you know, regularly. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver, off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid, and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And, as often is the case, those guys were on to something. Because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from heart and soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised grass-fed and finished cattle heart and soils unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean convenient taste-free capsule find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. Lots happening at the Baron Counter's desk as the weather warms up and people get back outdoors. 39-year-old Lacey Malavolta was killed by a black bear on April 30th while walking her dogs near her home in Durango, Colorado. Colorado Parks and Wildlife issued a statement saying that officers, quote, observed signs of consumption on the body. As a result, a sow and two cubs in the area were euthanized, and an autopsy of the bears found human remains in the stomach of the sow and one of the cubs. You have likely heard before that black bear attacks are extremely rare and quite different from grizz or brown bear attacks. Grizzlies are known to be more aggressive, whereas black bears tend to avoid people. Grizzlies usually attack in defense of cubs, and so if your pepper spray isn't handy, it's a better idea to cover up and go limp and wait for the bear to call off the attack. If black bears attack, they are intent on eating you, as in this recent incident in Durango. So you should fight like hell. Those differences stem from significant genetic divergences in the two species. Black and brown bears split from a common ancestor more than 5 million years ago, and the two are distinct enough that they can't interbreed. In fact, black bears have existed apart from brown bears for most of their history. While the brown bear remained in Asia, black bears shared what is now the lower 48 with the short-faced bear, the Florida spectacled bear, for several thousand years. But after those other two species went extinct about 10,000 years ago, Ursus americanus, the black bear, had the place to themselves for a few thousand years until the grizzly migrated down from Alaska and the Yukon. Side thoughts here. How we choose to deal with bears involved in conflict is an interesting thing. Bears that wander into a garage can be hazed away or relocated. Bears that dig in the dumpster and cause a mess repeatedly or destroy too many bird feeders can be killed. 
If a bear scratches up a human while defending young or a food pile in a natural setting, that bear can be hazed away or relocated. If a bear in a natural setting scratches up a human who succumbs to their wounds and dies, that bear, if found to have not eaten or predated upon the human, but was defending itself or behaving in a non-predatory way, can be left alone or hazed away or relocated. However, if a bear is found to have eaten even a mouthful of human in that same natural setting, it is killed, presumably out of fear that a bear will get a taste for backpacker. Conflict plus reward equals more conflict. But back to our bear conflict roundup. A pair of fatal grizzly run-ins recently took place in Alberta, Canada. The incidents were separated by just three weeks and less than 15 miles. On May 4th, 59-year-old David Lertzman didn't return from an afternoon run along the Wiporus Creek northwest of Calgary, and authorities found his body the next day along the nearby Moss Trail. According to Alberta Fish and Wildlife, Lertzman had been charged from behind and was eventually pushed over an embankment, almost a thousand feet high. That could be why his wife passed the spot of the attack while searching for him without realizing anything had happened there. Lertzman was a very popular professor of environmental management at the University of Calgary who co-led courses with area indigenous people and ran wilderness skills retreats. He was scheduled to teach another retreat the week after he was killed. Local authorities determined that the attack was by a single female bear, and so it seems safe to say that this was a very experienced outdoorsman who unwittingly got too close to a sow with cubs, rather than someone walking up to a bear with a cell phone trying to get that selfie. The policy of Alberta Fish and Wildlife is to euthanize any bear who kills a person, and so officials closed the area and set up monitoring stations to try to locate and capture the bear. After two and a half weeks with no sign of bear activity, the traps were removed again for fear that other predators might be caught. Then, on May 25, a 68-year-old woman was killed while walking her dogs on private property in nearby Water Valley. It also seems that this incident was a mother defending cubs, and 15 miles is definitely close enough to wonder if it was the same bear. But wildlife officers believe that this distance may be too far for a sow with small cubs. DNA samples are being analyzed now to determine whether one grizzly was responsible for both attacks. Back stateside, bear-human run-ins inside Yellowstone Park are picking up again. On May 28, a hiker was mauled near Mammoth Hot Springs just south of the Montana-Wyoming border. Thankfully, this run-in wasn't fatal. The 39-year-old male was hospitalized with severe injuries to his legs, but he was able to get out of the woods under his own power. Authorities believe two bears were involved in this particular attack, which, as someone who has looked down the barrel of a single bear approaching at high speed, I find absolutely terrifying. Two bears this time of year could mean that they are freshly weaned, knothead kids out on their own for the first time, trying to remember what mom taught them, but largely figuring out things on their own. Or, one is a sow and the other a boar. It is grizzly lovemaking season, after all, and they only get the opportunity once a year, making them understandably irritable. That being said, a male grizzly charged six different vehicles inside the park last week. Reportedly, as the sow he was chasing would cross a road, vehicles would stop to take his picture, impeding his progress in seducing his mate. The irritable boar would then take his frustrations out on the stopped vehicles. 
No damage reported, but a park ranger who was attempting to move the vehicles along was charged by the boar. The ranger hazed the bear with non-lethal rounds from his shotgun. All because you just can't give the bear a little space. (laughs) On May 10, a visitor to Yellowstone was caught on tape approaching three grizzlies while taking pictures with her phone. In the video, one of the trio bluff charges her, and she makes what we'll call a brisk about face to get back to safety. The National Parks Investigative Service is taking the usual steps of putting out a call for the identity of this shutterbug, presumably to impose a penalty for violating the park's guidelines of maintaining a safe distance from wildlife. The 100-yard guideline for grizzly bears has an interesting history that makes it seem like a miracle that particular bears haven't killed any humans. The guideline was issued 2011 after a bear dubbed 610 by the interagency grizzly bear study team bluff-charged tourists twice when they came too close to her and her cubs in Grand Teton National Park. Grizzly 610 is the daughter of the even more famous Grizzly 399, the original ursine social media superstar, who has more than 40 professional photographers following her year-round and who has several times led her cubs through gridlocked park traffic created by visitors desperate to get their own photos. After 399 appeared with triplets near a park road in 2007, the resulting photo went so viral on Facebook that a volunteer force called the Grand Teton Wildlife Brigade had to be created to keep a buffer between her and the hundreds of thousands of tourists who flocked to see her. Then, in 2011, when 399 again had triplets, and 610 also had twins at the same time, the resulting attention was so intense that the brigade grew to 16 full-time volunteers. That brigade does their best against steep odds every year, and they don't quit their patrols until snow in the park is deep enough that tourists can't access the bears. The fact that 399 has lived so close to so many people for so long without killing anyone seems almost unbelievable, especially because three of her offspring have been killed in encounters with humans, and because certain humans in the area seem so intent on putting bears directly in harm's way. For instance, I believe I've talked about this before, the lady in the solitude housing development north of Jackson Hole In October 2020, she got a visit from a game warden and a federal special agent after she had been feeding bears, including the aforementioned number 399. Grain mixed with molasses out of hollow stumps of wood on her back porch brought the bears in. That lady's name wasn't disclosed to the press because she couldn't be charged with any crime. She just said she intended to feed moose, which is legal in Wyoming, and the bears just came over by accident. When the officers warned her how unsafe this was, she allegedly responded, and I'm quoting the Jackson Hole News and Guide here, she had an aura that both allowed her to communicate with animals and also prevented her from being hurt or attacked. But if she was attacked, she told them she was okay with being killed. She might be okay with it, but we know how that ends for the bear. To explain my bear bias... I do not think that bears should die for the selfish and stupid acts of people. I think bears should be responsibly managed, selectively harvested by hunters, and eaten. They're delicious. That's all I've got for you this week. As per usual, please write in to AskCal, that's A-S-K-C-A-L at TheMeatEater.com, and let me know what's going on in your neck of the woods. Remember to get prepared ahead of time for the fall, 
by going to steeldealers.com to find a reliable, knowledgeable person to get you set up with a pole saw for clearing shooting lanes out of the tree stand or a clean, quiet, battery-powered saw to live under the back seat of the truck or even your Prius. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next week. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some Axis Deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I Venison.com and use promo code CAL for 20% off your first order. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. That's SeafoamWorks.com to learn more.